1: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Well, it is, let's see,
0: January 7th, about 3 o'clock. It started a little bit early, and it looks like uh, Zeke is not here yet in the call. Let me give him a
1: text and tell him to get in here
0: so that we can get this show on the
2: road.
1: Anyway, the discussion today, uh, first of all, I'd like to say that we're
0: uh, sponsored by PowerPolitics.com. That's Zeke's website where he explains in more detail the issues surrounding the writam animus and why it is the remedy that we're looking for with respect to dealing with statutory courts and with public officials who are performing their duty in an unlawful manner. That's PowerPolitics.com. And he also has quite a few different... uh, pdf books and ebooks on there that people can uh, get a hold of and get a better understanding of what our point of view is and what it is that we're doing when it comes to holding public officials to answer for what are in effect basically crimes all right so you know we we have people who are going around acting as police officers and in fact they are police officers uh they're they're creatures of the state, so to speak. They're, pe- they're, they're people and persons, so they have dual character. Uh, but as a person, they swore a duty to uphold and protect the Constitution of the United States of America, and that requires that they not arrest people without a warrant and without the facts constituting a probable cause where there's an injured party, uh, somebody else that's rights that have been infringed by you. That's crime. Uh otherwise, you know we're not here uh with respect to being people who are individually uh capable of managing their own affairs. We don't you know fall under the state's control that uh we need to be told by the state our public employees how that we should be conducting our business um, that's not within their purview so it kind of looks like I jumped the gun here a little bit uh if there's any of our friends from England that are Coming onto the call or listening to this call after it's been recorded as a as a podcast, uh, I'd just like to say, you know, uh, America is a common law country. Uh, it was started as a, as as you all know, um, a part of the uh, realm of the Queen, and and so uh, we separated from that, but we retained all the, the common law of England as our fun, fundamental uh, government. And that is the fundamental law of our of our country. it's under english common law uh, it's well stated in all of the all of the uh, states uh, with the ex- with the exception of Fran- of uh, excuse me of Louisiana, which operates under uh, French common law uh, so in effect, what we're saying here is that uh, we all have basically the same exact situation either in England or in uh, America, and we are basically all being controlled, manipulated, and uh, held to answer to courts that really don't have any judicial power over us, uh, but they're exercising agency power over the people and holding us for crimes which are would be considered commercial crimes. Okay, that's what they—that's you know all crimes in America are commercial, and I would say that I probably believe. All of the crimes hello oh. England, hi, right, Zeke! There you go, Our commercial as well, so uh, we have our, uh, our resident uh, guru here, Zeke Lehman. Uh, I prefer to call him a maven since he has uh, such a vast knowledge of things. Guru is kind of a misused term in these days, and so zeke we're uh, just i was just kind of i got on the call a little bit early and uh, was just talking a little bit about the uh, the common connection between our, uh, our people over in England and any of the countries under the realm of the Queen and here in America and how it basically is all exactly the same in many respects, especially when it comes to bringing forward our remedy that will uh, put things in the proper perspective so that we can hold our public officials to answer when they don't follow the law. I think today we're going to talk about the statutory courts, and it's kind of still on point. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, in England, parliamentary courts or statute courts, where they've created rules and laws that they're applying to the people. They do the same thing here in America. They're, uh, you know, be they, they're, we're specifically dealing with the criminal courts. So uh, this time I'm going to try not to over talk you and run the show, but this time I just want to let you. Uh, uh, be you know who you are, and, and you know maybe tell a little bit about what your background is first, and how, how things got here. So we got this understanding because you've been doing it for a very long time—35 years. Uh, why don't we start right there to do a little bit of introduction about yourself?
1: Okay. Um, well, I started uh, back in 1982 when I uh, I uh, I took a trip to Australia. And uh, hitchhiked across Australia and back. And then when I came back, uh, landed in San Francisco, and my parents picked me up. And before we could even cross the Bay Bridge, which is right there, my mom tells me that she's got problems with the, with the uh, taxes on her business. You know, and it just caught me by surprise. I, You know, I had no idea. You know, I mean, I'm just coming back. I'm thinking I'm going back to Australia because that was the best time of my life. And uh, she hits me with this, and I'm like, well, so join a tax revolt group or something. And so she took me up on that. She did, and there happened to be one in Sacramento, and they were called the Constitutional Patriots. And uh, they had a big following, and uh, things were going, and we joined them. And then there was another class that was being put on uh, about the driver's licenses. And uh, these guys are telling us that you don't need a driver's license or registration. And that we have constitutional rights. And they're like, whoa, you hear that? we got to find out about this. And then all of a sudden we realize, hey, we have these rights and now we're we're going to do them. So we don't know anything about the legal process. We don't know anything about anything, except we have these rights that we're going to do them and that we have this concept that the driver's license is a contract and we're going to get rid of it. Okay, so that was the first misnomer. And so we started off with that. And we started going to court. We took our driver's licenses and turned them in, and we took our plates off our car, and immediately they started hitting us with uh, tickets. And so there was uh, me and my mom and my dad. So we all started getting tickets, and we all started going to court, and we all started to fight this thing, and we had no idea what we were doing. Okay, meanwhile, we're learning about the Constitution. We're learning about the DMV code. We're learning about the money system, you know, the gold and silver and how that fiasco came about. So it all was connected and we all start learning about this all at once. So fortunately, I had my parents, so they have three people that are working this thing and we're yelling at each other all the time and you said it wrong and you can't say dollars because you can't say drive because we're traveling and all this uh, very technical pleading type stuff. Okay, so we didn't know. We thought that's how it was done. Well, we, you know, we, we talked to lawyers, and the lawyers tell us, well, shoot, you know more about this stuff than we do. Because the lawyers are going to school to get money, and make deals, that they really don't know the vehicle code. They didn't understand what we were doing. The cops were really interested, that they didn't know. They said, go tell the judge. We never heard that. Okay, and then we said, when we went to tell the judge, that's when the problems all started. Because the judge wasn't going to hear it, wasn't going to do what we thought the judge should do. Okay, and that was the uh, that was where the problems really started to come in because we started kept fighting, and the judges weren't doing it. They weren't doing it, and they weren't doing it, and they weren't doing it. And so we had to figure out well, what, why? Because we just kept losing. We just kept losing. And all the people around us kept losing. They had the IRS problems, the tax deal, because we didn't pay the taxes. And then all of a sudden, they're on us. and we didn't know how to defend it. And we thought that it was another contract. So we're thinking contract law, contract law, which is in the nature of uh, civil law. You know, you could also put it into statutory law. See, so all these things going on in the first two, three years you don't know what's happening and then you owe the money and they got liens all over you and you're, and they took everything you got and now you're fighting on your back starting and you don't have any kind of tools because we don't really know this game because you got to know it's a game and it's a horrible game if you're, if you're trying to play it and don't know what you're doing. Okay, so that's – and most people quit. They get frustrated, they quit, they give up, they have to, they've got to go to work. Okay, so no one ever figured it out. Okay, and and, uh, what, what it was is that there's four kinds of systems. There's four systems of law. Okay, and the statutory system is one, and the civil system is one, and the equity system is one, and the common law system is one. But the common law system really is the fundamental of all the other ones also. But it's also separate. So these are separate, and then you can mix them. But you, you, when you mix them, they're like uh, water and oil. You mix them up, but then they just separate like right they're in the cup. So they're in the same cup, but they're mixed, but they're not mixed. They can't mix them. They'll separate themselves. Okay, so how oh, these courts and systems work uh, are separate, but you can bring certain things in, and you can't bring certain things in, and sometimes it's uh, context. You have to understand context because the words mean something different in a different context, so you have to be flexible, okay? So this is the one of the things I learned about the court system is you've got to be flexible. So when the judge says something, that doesn't mean it's in stone. That means that this is where they're going to go and they're pointing in that direction and they're always open for an objection. They're always open for an objection. And lots of times when they get the objection, they go, oh, hey, that's correct. So no, we'll, we'll go the other way. They change. They're flexible too. Because they are open. Because the court has to remain open to logic and reason. Logic and reason is more important than definitions. Because a lot of times the uh, definitions, they when you have them in a different context, they don't mean that, and you can't use it in that way. Okay, and I, and and so a lot of people think that uh, that when the judge makes these rulings this way that they're against them. Well, they're not really against them. It's just that you can't do these things in the court. And when the judge denies you, which means I'm not going to look at it, doesn't mean you're wrong. It means we're not getting there. And if they don't get there, yeah, then it ends up you don't get heard and you lose. But it wasn't that you were wrong. It was that you didn't, you didn't answer because the judge can't look at that. And so you say, well, why can't the judge look at it? Well, because of the nature of the proceedings. See, because the nature of the proceedings are determined by the paperwork that is introduced. So when you put in an introduction paperwork, a first, like a complaint or a petition, those define which uh, system of law you're going into. You going to, if you're going into a civil system, then you're going to have civil pleading. If you're in a statutory, you're going to have statutory pleading. If you're common law, then you're going to have common law pleading. Okay? So well, what is a statutory pleading versus a common law pleading? Ah, good question. Well, that's what you have to study. That's you know, you want to learn the difference between the treble class and the bass class, which are areas of music. One's true, you know, higher octaves and lower octaves, you have to study that to understand that. If someone just tells you, oh, this is treble and this is bass, okay, and what does it look like? There's, a, there's, there's lines, and they have a different symbol for the, tr- for the treble and for the bass, or different symbols. And you learn music, it's a system. You don't just come in and all of a sudden you can jam on a guitar and start playing these, you have to learn the chords. Okay, so people come into this court game and think they've got a few words and then now all of a sudden they're spitting them out and the judge is going, no, we're not hearing any of that. Okay, well, we're not hearing any of that. They're for a reason. So you need to go get your court and bring your uh, jurisdiction and bring your paperwork and start there and then, then they can come in and respond to you. So it's an open court. Okay, because court is where issues are resolved. And that's politics. Politics is the proper administration of the law. How are we going to administer the law here? In a court. There's four systems I just said. So we go into the system of law, we go into the court, and we put in our uh, first move, they put in the move, the responsive move, and then we go to adjudicate what the issues are. And that's what they do in court. They, They isolate the issues and determine Uh, the law from the issues and if there's no issue then you you do get to the law because issues are uh, differences of opinion now when you get a ticket and you go into a statutory court then you're that's the issue you have to stop and think God said you were speeding you going to make an issue out of that Nah, you can't really I mean, how are you going to make an issue of that? I wasn't speeding. Okay. Uh, make him prove it. Does that make it an issue? Because really, generally, he's correct. You were speeding or you ran a stop sign or something. Now, he's correct or maybe he's wrong, but no one can prove the fact. It can't be proven whether you ran a stop sign or not unless you have the video. But when he says you did, then that is an allegation. Now, who is he to make an allegation? And is he making this allegation in a statutory court? Yes. Okay, he's got to make an issue in a statutory court. Now, if he's going to make that allegation, he has to have what they call standing. Who is he? Okay, so let's look at it this way. Say you're speeding down the road, and I come along and I pull you over, and I go, "Dude, you can't be speeding." I'm write white up. so I put in a complaint for you speeding. And what does the court say? Not, not hearing it. You can't bring that. Okay, I, I can't sue you for. A, I can't sue anybody for a traffic ticket, a violation of the vehicle code. I can file it, but they would throw it out. Okay, so what gives the cop the authority to do it? Okay, well, he's a cop. Okay, so what gives him the authority to do it? Uh, He's a cop, and so does that mean it's a cop court? Is it his court when he does that? Okay, let's say he does that. He says, okay, yeah, it's a cop court, so the cop can do it. Now, what is it that gives the cop the authority to do it over the individual? Just because he's a cop? Or does he need an order from his agency to do it? See, this is where we come into who is this guy doing it and what is his standing. What's his authority to do it? Because a cop is in a relationship with us. He said he'd protect our rights. He promised us that he, if he was ever going to pull us into court, the court that I can't pull anybody into, that he would have, uh, give us due process and that he would have a warrant. And not only would he have a warrant, he'd have a warrant that included probable cause. Okay, so there's, our, there's the angle right there. Anytime you're stopped by a cop, does he, he have authority to pull you into a statutory court? Well, if he has a warrant, he does. But then even that warrant has to contain the probable cause. Because probable cause means crime. And that's what the statutory jurisdiction in this particular case is the criminal jurisdiction. So criminal jurisdiction means statutory jurisdiction. Okay, now I can tell you what this means, what that means, and it's flexible. It's all flexible. It can mean that, and sometimes it doesn't mean that. So it all depends on which case we're talking about. And so this is what I've learned over uh, these 35-plus years that I've been studying. Now, I had studied. I helped people with cases. I ran a legal clinic here in Chico for, uh, you know, since 2000 and quit about uh, 2013. So I ran that. So, you know, I've been involved in lots and lots of cases and spent time, you know, thinking about uh, these different jurisdictions. And different angles on how to play this game and what's really going on in the game. So, that if we don't know the game, then we got a problem. And so, they presented us with all these different games, you know, different courts. And you know, we have to understand what a court is, and what an appellate court is, and what a higher court is, and what a superior court is, and what a supreme court is.
0: Okay, because these are
1: all part of the court system. Now, there's two general systems that they set up because the legislators set up their own court system because they didn't have a court system. They were separated from the court system, so they couldn't function. So they set up their own court system and called it the Supreme Court because our Constitution set up the one Supreme Court is the judicial power. That's the third branch of government. And so when the... Uh, when the legislators couldn't get into that power. They saw every individual have that judicial power. They went over and made their own and tried to fool everybody. Kind of how they stole the judiciary by fooling everybody, calling their Supreme Court uh, uh, the Supreme Court, but it's run by the Attorney General's office, which is legislative. It's legislated. All their laws are written down. That's why we call them statutes. They're written down uh, where the common law is the unwritten law. Okay? And the common law is a criminal law, too. It's unwritten because everyone knows what a crime is. But the legislature redefined the crime. Okay, They added a new concept to the crime. They called it a, a, pro, a prohibitory crime instead of a crime in fact. So now we have this prohibitory crime, which we could call a Quasi crime, and they everyone they get sucked into the quasi jurisdiction, and they don't know how to get into the criminal jurisdiction because in quasi jurisdiction you have to go up to the superior court of that agency because all quasi is agencies, you know, and and all their courts are agencies, and all fictitious persons are agencies. That's what a corporation is. So first we have to look at when we say a person, there's two kinds, but there's the one with the body, the human being, the body that has a body, and then there's the person that doesn't have a body. But every person that doesn't have a body is made up of three parts. And when you put those three parts together, it's called an agency. So you always have a three-part agency. Corporations are set up that way. All fictitional persons are agencies. Otherwise, they're real human beings. And none of these agencies can talk. So they're always being represented by a, a representative who is a lawyer. And the lawyer has no authority at all. He's just a mouthpiece. So when he says that the agency said something, he, he can't prove anything. So a lot of times you can even stop him from talking. Who's he representing? Who's here? Okay, you go into the court and all you see is these actors. You've got the judge, you got the DA, and you got the, the clerk, and uh, they're all working for the government. So you know you got a government conspiracy. And then you're in there. So... If you're in there as a defendant, you can't be there. You have to get out. You cannot win. Now, when I say that, I mean, you can't win on any merits. You can't win. The only way you can win in their courts is to disrupt their procedure till the judge says, oh, yeah, they didn't do it right. For example, how I learned to beat them on a speedy trial. They have 45 days to take any trial on a misdemeanor, I had a way of putting in paperwork, but never asking for a continuance. Then they did the continuance because they didn't bring the discovery or they had to go do something and they weren't ready yet. And so when they got past the time to do it, the hearing, I put in for a speedy trial and the judge would give me that. Okay, and he'd say, okay, yeah, clerk, look look at the days on there, count the days, yeah. You count the days, it's over 45 days, winner, okay? And then now then my friend does and We do the same thing, and then the judge says no. Say what? Just say no. Okay, so what's what's happening there? How can the judge say no when it's a winner? Well, that's what they do all the time. They're they're, they're bullshitting us every time because the judge knows that if he denies you right there, he knows that you're going to have to appeal it. And when you put in a notice of appeal, you also put in a a settled statement. And then that specific judge right there, he looks at the settled statement. So that means that if you're going to appeal it, he's going to look at it again before it gets sent up. So then when I told my friend, I said, no, that's total bullshit. I said, we're going to put in a notice of appeal. We're going to put down this uh, uh, settled statement. And we put it in, and he went to the hearing. And the judge looks at it, and he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. He says, you counted the days correctly. So I'm going to overturn myself and say that uh, you win. Uh Uh-huh. See, because they know. That's how they do it. So even when we beat them, they're going to lie to us and tell us that we didn't because they can look at it again. So this is how they operate when you really get to know them. They just said that you're going to lose no matter what. And he's going to say you lose, and then you could get he could get overturned going up. But do you know how to appeal anything? I mean, you spend all spend so much time learning just all these defenses in the wrong court, and then all of a sudden here we go for appeal. I'm tired. And I've got to figure out all the details of appeal and learn that. Well, I did. I had to because then that's why all that time. So I learned it all. I learned it all. I learned their game way better than the way the lawyers understand it because they only know a certain deals and they know how to make uh, deals and they and they talk it over with the judge and the judge corrects them if they want to get something done because lawyers don't know how to do anything except make deals. Okay, so who can who's going to figure out this game when the judges are just hammering us with bullshit? Okay, so we got to figure that out. We've got to get past all this stuff. And it's hard when they took everything you got, you're fighting them, and you tried to tried to be nice to them, and you tried to do it right, and you tried to be up front, because they're not. You know, and that's what you've got to realize when you get into this game, the first thing you have to do is get uh, judgment-proof, because they'll take everything you have. Before you're guilty, before you're anything, they take it and ask questions later. Okay, well, that happened to us. It's hard. You've got to hang in there to overcome it. Most people can't well, once i've been in there long enough to figure this out, now I see that there is a remedy, okay, and the remedy is the old ancient uh, system of law that they don't teach to the lawyers, so who knows it? who knows it okay and yet they, yet every day we see on these on, on on these uh websites and stuff, people talk about common law, the common law. Well, what, you need a common law jury, you need a common law marriage. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a common law system. And the important thing about that system is, is that there's a document that you can raise in, through, in that system that is a, a common law document, and it's called the Constitution of the United States, which is the supreme law of the land. And I don't care what land you're on. That's the supreme law, and most countries have due process because that's what uh, the real common law is, due process. So if you get your due process, then you will get access to the common law, and you can solve the problem. And so it's good in any country that follows the common law, and I think most of them do. And you can raise this by your petition, and the way you formulate your petition is what sets the jurisdiction of the court. And that's why when we went to the court to, to file our paperwork, the clerks had to send it to the re- reviewing attorneys because they'd never seen anything like it. And so once they look at it and then they see what kind of a lid it is and they see that we have the proper elements in there, then they're going to present it to the judge and tell the judge, here's the law, here's what it says, you just sign it, and then they proceed. And then we go to the next step. Okay? And really, that's exactly what happens on a traffic ticket. Traffic ticket isn't really a complaint. It's in order to show cause why you shouldn't pay because the cop found you guilty right on the side of the road. So when we turn to flip it and find him guilty and then bring him into court, we do it kind of the same way, but our tickets are not the same as the cop's tickets. His are already formed up. Ours don't have form. And ours are specific. He has a general form. And so we have to be specific to each one and call out each party. And bring them to court one at a time. Okay, and then then when he they go to court, they have to answer to the to the judge, not to us. Where if it's a complaint, then they answer to the to the plaintiff. See, in a complaint, the defendant answers to the plaintiff. In a petition, the the uh, respondent answers to the judge just like we do when we get a ticket. We have to go in and talk to the judge. The cop didn't even there. The NDA is not even there. It's just a procedure. Okay, and that procedure we find is that we have to uh, preclude that procedure. Yeah, we have to preclude it. That means we don't go into it. We do a move to go around it or or up above it and stop it for a second until we clarify why they can't take us in there. See, because remember, if you look at it as no issue, if he comes in and says you were speeding and, and, and you didn't have a driver's license, well, that those are facts that are true. See, but who is he to who is he to to, to uh, punish us for that? And who is this court to punish us for that? And what says we got to follow the DMV code? Okay, the, there's, the, those questions are never answered because. Uh, it's proceeding. That's just like, you know, you get in your car and start driving, you're going, well, okay, Uh, is there gas and oil in it? Yeah. Is there water in it? Yeah. So why are you asking those questions? Everything about the car is that it's running good, just going in the wrong direction. How do you turn it around? Oh, well, you have to get off the freeway. That means get out of the court you're in and go around and And attacks were from another end direction, and get going on the freeway the other way, where you can't call for the hearing and not them, so that's kind of a rough conclusion and when I started, and you know there's uh i i had as to get questions or whatever I can go through and tell the uh the war stories of how I learned these things. You know, because each time I went to court and said something, the judge responded, then I'm learning. And uh, I'm learning the hard way, but uh, that's why I've gone through all those. So all those questions i figured out over 35-plus years, I can give you the answer to all the questions you have right now so you can get a better a head start for cover two or three or five years of your understanding. Because it right. takes a while to learn this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh
0: in my experience it uh, takes about uh something like nine years <laughs> i probably okay. learned everything that we need to know you know we did all of the statutory work in 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 my criminal case we did 38 motions uh-huh. and uh not one of them was uh ever in uh in my favor except for one that was okay. when the uh when the district attorney said, well, your honor, uh, he, he won't pay us for the discovery. he be need $238. And I turned it and told the judge "I said, Oh, is that right? I said, well, one, I shouldn't have to pay for discovery. You're the one charging me, but if they're going to do that judge, then just take a while. Guess how much I'm going to charge them for my discovery. Uh-huh. The judge, the judge looked at the attorney and said, well, look at that. What we've got a quid pro quo here, uh, yeah. attorney, what say you? And she said, fine,
1: we'll yeah. give it to right. him.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. The only, that was the only motion in the court that I won in front of that judge. Every other one was denied, 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 denied. And, uh, you know, and when I went to do the appeal, that was denied. Uh-huh. So, so uh, you know, at this point, when we're talking about our common law issues, right, yes. let's talk about a couple of the elements, if we if we might, or maybe we maybe want to go back to the to the war stories a little bit more. You mentioned that, you know, you've been a member, you know, not a member of, but that you are a part of a group. And, uh, you know, if we're going to kind of hang on a little bit on the traffic, I found that case about the guy up in, in Redding who took his, uh, right to travel case all the way to the, uh, Supreme court, California appellate division and lost. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, what the heck was that guy's name? I got his case somewhere here, but you know what I'm huh. talking about, yeah. Uh, I mean, No. You, oh no, no. Oh, well, but, oh, okay. Uh, um, rats.
1: All right. You're not uh, talking about uh, the taking of the magistrate case. No. no, no. We can talk a little bit
0: about that though. Uh, so if uh, well, we'll no, let's talk about right? the let's talk about the Fourth Amendment. Let's talk about and and this goes. I think you know for our people across the pond. Uh, this is our right to due process, not to be arrested without uh, w- without facts constituting a crime. And and uh, so when we're when right. we're talking about that, you, you know, we've got Eileen Ray on our show that asks us all the time. Well, what you know, what about uh, what about the fact that that, that that let's say they have a warrant. Let's say they okay. have a warrant and they've determined that, that it's all all good. You know, okay. that, that court, but that court doesn't have jurisdiction over us. Right. They don't have yeah, subject matter jurisdiction. Maybe, maybe you could explain a little bit about subject matter jurisdiction. Okay. Just that, okay. Okay.
1: Let's, let's look at the, what we call subject matter jurisdiction. Okay. So that would mean what's the subject here. And so this is where they conflate what the subject is because, if the subject is the criminal jurisdiction, you know, which, or if it's traffic jurisdiction, your vehicle code, you know, we used to call it a municipal court, but now it's up in the superior court, but it's traffic division. Okay, that traffic division is still the criminal jurisdiction. Okay? And the criminal jurisdiction is what's, what we call the probable cause jurisdiction. Okay, so it's really the probable cause jurisdiction as opposed to a civil jurisdiction. And it's a criminal jurisdiction. They mean the same thing. Criminal and probable cause means the same thing. So when they, when they, uh, when the, uh, the member, because I said, I can't pull you over and give you a ticket. So only a cop can pull you over and give you a ticket. But the Fourth Amendment says that he can't arrest you without a warrant. And pulling you over and writing you a ticket is an arrest. Now, they'll want to try to construe that and make it into a uh, some kind of a detention, but those are just uh, labels, okay? Because regardless, if they're going to take us into the criminal jurisdiction, they have to have what's called a warrant. So if they want to take us into the probable cause jurisdiction, They have to have the warrant. Now, most people think they have to have probable cause to take you into that jurisdiction. Well, yes, but the thing about the probable cause, the only way that you can evidence probable cause is by a warrant. So the warrant gives evidence that there's probable cause. Because the cop, when he pulls you over, he's like, oh, yeah, I got probable cause. I got probable cause. Well, where's your warrant then? No, I got probable cause. No, a warrant is a is a judicial instrument. It's issued by a judge who is taught what probable cause is. Lawyers, I mean, lawyers, uh, cops, lawyers, and and citizens don't know what probable cause is. They find out what probable cause is when they read the warrant because the judge determines it. So when a cop pulls you over and says he's got probable cause, he's lying. He's lying. He's bluffing. Okay? Because if you had probable cause, he'd show you the evidence of it. The evidence would be a warrant. Okay? But here's the thing. At the side of the road or what have you, you can't argue with them. You can't argue with them, so you're going to have to determine what you're going to do. Either take the ticket or or tell them you want to go see the judge right now. And when you do that, then then they're gonna do other things, maybe. So because we didn't know, we so said let's go see the judge, and then they take us downtown into the police station, and then they threaten you. And then uh, six eight hours later, you end up signing the ticket instead of doing what you're supposed to do because you didn't know. Now we know. Now I'll take me to the magistrate. I want to see the judge. Talk to the judge about this. Now what are we gonna say to the judge? All we're going to do with the judge, and now the judge, again, he's going to try to pull a trick on us, okay, because he's going to say, we've got to bail you out. You should have signed the ticket. We need to get you out. You're in jail. And if you do, then you sell for debate. Now you've got to tell him, no, I'm not going nowhere. I can't go anywhere. I can't agree to what's going on here. So you, judge, look in the file and determine if probable cause exists, for this arrest that I just got, that I'm sitting in jail for right now and being detained. How could this guy pull me in jail, arrest me when I told him I want to come see you, so if he takes me to you, he's not going to arrest me. If he arrests me, it's an illegal arrest, so when I get in front of the judge, I need to hear him to determine probable cause. Judge, you determine probable cause. You're the only one that can do it. And then he needs to do it. And you can't do anything except that have him do it. Otherwise, he, he's never going to be done. So if you look at all your tickets and all your criminal cases that you've been through, I would be- venture that mm, uh, all of them have never been determined if probable cause existed. Never been determined.
0: But, right. Well, you don't hear about those cases because they get dismissed.
1: Yeah, we go to the then. judge. That's right.
0: That's well, right. Uh, you know, this is our Michael James case.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, which is, you you know, you could talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, again, Michael James uh, was, he was a guy that happened to be in jail about the same time you were in jail, which would have been uh, 2012, I think. Okay, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so in 2012... Now, remember, that's uh, 30 years after I started learning this stuff, okay? So that's when the, 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 I finally came to get have a chance to, to, to bring this about. Because remember, if you hadn't been in there to tell him what to say, it never would have happened. And so I had, you know, if I'm helping people outside, then it can't happen because you can only do this when you're in jail. And that's what we understood from reading that case out of Florida, uh, Gersten versus Pugh, and a California case called Inray Walters. And we see they really just uh, uh, made it so that you can't ask for probable cause on an arrest and a detention if you're not in custody. So if you don't ask for it when you're in custody and you get out, then now you've, you've waived it, so you can't ask for it anymore here so you have, you have to find another place to ask for it. See, okay, but this guy, Michael James, what happened was, is he got arrested for uh, stealing stealing from Safeway or... Uh, or uh, Junkyard. junkyard.
0: Uh, he was at a junkyard.
1: Oh, he's was at junkyard? Oh, yeah, okay. him and
0: his brothers were trying to live vacuum. They got an argument about how they were going to fit it in the car or fit it in the trunk. <laughs> ah,
1: perfect. I didn't really realize that. I just knew he was Okay. So, but he gets arrested for and actually committing a, 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 a what we call a common law crime. What well, we would think it was—I mean, stealing—that's a theft. Yeah. Theft. Okay. So he gets charged with theft. He comes in. You tell him to go in front of the judge and, and 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 tell him before we do anything, judge. You know, before we start, you know, I'm I'm doing it. So he says that. He says, look in the file and determine if probable cause exists for my arrest and detention and then shuts up. Now the judge is stuck. He has to look. And he looks and he w- looks at it for six minutes. That's a long time. Especially since there's only one piece of paper in the file. I mean, wow. is, it's a charge. a theft charge. What are you talking about? So he looks at it. He gets upset and says, no probable cause Case dismissed. You see, so yeah, you had no probable cause because the, the, there was no one to tell the facts of what happened with this thievery. Because who did he steal from? Because the cop stepped in and blocked the guy, the the uh, the, the junkyard owner, and blocked him. Because if the junkyard owner saw that this guy's taking stuff from him then the junkyard owner can sue him. But the junkyard owner didn't know to sue him. He just let the cop do it criminally, and uh, it turned out, well, the cop couldn't do it criminally because the cop had no probable cause to do anything. Right. He didn't get the warrant. He didn't get the the warrant. That's our first, that's, that's the
0: first, you know, chink in their armor in knowing that every time it requires a Fourth Amendment warrant, which contains the facts of probable cause of harm as 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 uh, uh, to another to another person's rights or another
1: person's right. property to, to give yeah. the court jurisdiction to hear that issue. Right. So that's the key. That issue may be there, but that court can't hear it because it doesn't yeah. have a probable cause. Then that's a
0: very confusing thing to people. It was still it still could be to me uh, at okay. times. Time, I still get it a little bit wrong, but you know, because there's, there's so many different, uh, iterations and aspects of how they make the charges, yes. uh, in the statutes, you, you know, uh, and my, my charge was theft, but it's not really theft, so they couldn't prove it. And, and we're still, you know, we're, we're still on it, uh, showing that and that's how you know, we came to finally after doing every possible process, this is the last possible way. Right. It can't, it can't be any other way. And we know that, you know, even when there's arrest with a warrant, like in that case, they claim there was a warrant, but You're out that, again. That, yeah. that warrant didn't contain any probable cause it's, it's made on a statement of a person having no personal knowledge of any of the facts. you know, and we've argued about this a lot. Well, the cop doesn't have personal fa- first hand knowledge of the facts and you've argued, yes, he does, just not the facts mm-hmm. that would constitute probable cause for an arrest.
1: Right. Now yes. he doesn't lay those he have to go lay those facts in front of the judge to so a judge can tell you that it's probable cause. Because what a cop says is probable cause isn't. See, that's the fake out every time. He doesn't know what probable cause is and he thinks he does, because you know the wrong sticker on your car, he'll tell you that's probable cause.
2: And it's
1: probable cause. And running a stop sign is probable cause. Okay, that's that's him just lying to you straight away. And but how do you challenge it? See, you can't challenge it unless you go uh, collaterally. So you got to know what I'm saying, collateral. That means you go to a different court. See, we have to go to a different court to stop these cops, and the, and, and and the it's called a higher court or a superior court. So the court is superior to the other one. That's why we go to the different courts to, to to stop other courts. And guess what? The way to stop one court, have one court stop the other court. I think the only possible way is by the common law. There's no statutory remedy for that. Right. Statutory no remedy. Statute,
0: yeah, no statute of limitations on the violation of a right. And when we, you know, let's talk yeah. a little bit about the maxims of law and what you know about what you know about that and the unwritten law and how it all how it all comes together at common law because I think people are very confused. To, you know, I get. People saying, well, they have to bring the common law into the statutory court when you raise it. No, they don't. Well, only couple, again, only in a couple of places. Let's you know go yes, back to what you said yes. about being flexible. One place right. that you can do it in a statutory court in America is called 1538.5 motion for determination of probable cause. But what are we determining the probable cause of with that motion?
1: Right. The, that's the probable cause to take you to trial. As opposed to the probable cause for the arrest and detention that you've already suffered. So yeah. that's the key. You have to separate those out. It does take a while. See, that's the thing. All these things you've got to go over and over and over in your mind and get them straight. And so that's why we, uh, when you, when we build certain, uh, certain concepts, we have to always remember that that the uh, the powers of government are separated. That's what we have to understand. And so that that when the powers are separated, then any kind of a legislation and and statutory courts are legislative courts. They're courts created by the legislature, and they're not what we call judicial power. So there's the judicial power courts, and then there's the legislative courts. Okay.
0: Well, when you talked about common law countries... Around, around the realm, uh, it's the same, right? I mean, they're all constitutional, co- quasi-constitutional uh, uh, court, but they're also, they also still right. remain at King's Bench, right, which is the judicial power of, but even that is still another agent agency,
1: corporation,
0: yeah. right?
1: So yeah. right.
0: it can be, get a little confusing, and, and really, you know, and we have to learn where is our court, Right. Where is it that we have to take our action? Because, for right. example, if if we were uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, if we're if we're starting at the Supreme Court, you're you're too high. That they're probably not going to hear it.
1: Right. Because yes.
0: Why didn't you go to the court that we op- that is authorized under the way we
1: established the rules of law, and get it heard?
0: Yes. Before you hear yeah.
1: That would be what we call, quote, the superior court. And when I say that, I'm talking about the superior court of the probable cause court. Okay. So this it's the superior court. Now, a lot of times, the superior court just could strictly be the appellate division. Right. Like it can be superior in certain ways that you go up to them and ask them questions. Now, once the case is over, then the superior court could be uh, the uh, any superior court. The civil court would be superior to the criminal court, right? Let's so, Let's
0: hold right. Let's hold right there.
1: All okay. right. When
0: we're when we're talking about the the mandamus, it is a civil action. And you wrote a paper whether uh, you're talking about demurrer at that time, but it really was expressive of, what, of the most recent understanding of it that the separate civil action is the judicial power over the criminal court and the criminal action so that you can get to the merits. Let's talk about that separate civil action and what we're talking about when we're speaking of civil overriding that that
1: criminal. How does that work? Okay? Well, again, the civil okay, the, first of all the separate civil action is uh was is really uh in the nature of it was about an uh, injunction or a temporary restraining order. See, because when you look at your writ of mandamus, the common law, to make them follow the law, within that uh, whole basic concept, when we, when we fill out a mandamus, it actually, ser- the uh, other side is served with an order to show cause. So the order to show cause is a statutory civil action that that is uh, was created to look like the mandamus. See, so it's because it's not the mandamus, it's 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 a civil action that's like that. It's an order to show cause. So they, instead of doing a mandamus, they kind of twisted it to be an order to show cause and it's twisted, so it's not quite right. And that's why the paper I wrote about the separate civil action was about a TRO and a uh, restraining order and then an injunction, which those are, you know, one a one-two punch, and you were to enjoin, which was to be stopped the lower court in a, like a... Uh, uh, when you have these uh, actions for uh, quiet title or an action to uh, unlawful detainer, what they call eviction, See, that that was what that was determined to stop it. Okay, so the eviction is like the criminal charge, so you have to stop it, but you can't stop it in that court. So you do a collateral move to what in the superior court. And then you do the injunction. So we would do that injunction. We would now do it mandamus. Gotcha. Because that's what, it's still mandamus is the key and we've learned better because I was doing it uh, instead of a common law move, I was saying, okay, then we'll do this uh, order to show cause. But it really works better as a common law mandamus because the order to show cause leaves out that ability to where we can uh, use the procedure and then go in for damages right there but earlier
0: you were talking about the fact that there is a problem in the statutory court with the fact that you can never really get to a ruling on the merits because it's all procedural based upon a presumption so the presumptions are overriding the merits and it's you're looking at the procedure whereas when like for example, in the writ of mandamus uh, alternative writ which which is which is as I understand it always had an element of an order to show cause in right. the beginning that right. that really uh, that 's your injunction to make them stop, but you 're talking about the merits, who owns the property or who has the right so we're, right. We're right. always we 're always looking at that part of it and that what we include in the writ to include the uh, um, complaint for declaratory relief to declare the rights and duties of the parties involved the right. in that uh-huh. question. And the question is about the merits and the merit is the right of the people to not be arrested without a warrant or the right to have their property not be seized there by go. the, by the king of the country without probable cause and a warrant. Okay. Who owns the property? This is a big question all over, all, all over anywhere that's got fake money, right?
1: Well, yeah, but, uh, and also other reasons that, why that we know that possession is nine-tenths of the law. And we know that all the property has really been abandoned because of what you said, in the, in the and the money, if no one ever paid for their property, they never really paid. So how could they own it? So nine-tenths of the law, again, is possession. Because the because people got their uh, property from the bank. Well, the bank never owned it to give it to them, right? So now we have the title and uh, possession, Which, right? right? Law, because remember, when they go through the unlawful or, or the eviction, that's where we stop that process and say wait on that process until we determine who owns the property under the quiet title action. And that can go for years, right? And, and and we should never be able to determine who owns it. Because how does the bank sell it to anybody or obtain it? The bank can never own a piece of property. So, you know, you're going to get into some real uh, uh, legal battle, okay? And then you're going to have to hold your ground. And then you're going to have to... Attack uh, the plaintiff. All right. They, well, yeah.
0: So so as we're talking, we're talking about a statutory court. Uh, we, I think we've established the fact that, one, we're in a court of presumption. Two, that it's a legislative court that doesn't have judicial yeah. power. It's pretending yeah. to be a court that has it. And uh, uh, so when you're standing there, the presumption is, well, you're standing here. And yeah. I, said, I said earlier, and we got in a bit of a debate about it, that you know, the way I looked at it, although I'm not saying it's correct, but I'm, I'm just explaining it because it's the way I understand it, uh, mm-hmm. it as a simple way, is that there's, there's really the legal person, the police officer or whoever, uh, okay. code enforcement brings you into the court, and they make yeah. a claim. And then when you show up, they're making a claim against, in a statute a, against another person who I, who I call another legal person, let's call that okay. the like straw man, or the capital letter name that walks in there and says, Yeah, that's me. I represent uh-huh. that person. So then the court says, Okay, well, then we know what the court's about. We got a statute here, and we got this legal person and that legal person, and we're going to determine, based upon the evidence, uh, who's right and who's wrong. Did you commit this speeding error? Uh, you know, because you never actually uh, put your proper. Status, not, and I don't want to get into that word status, but you never no. put your standing in there as being a natural person having rights versus a yep. versus a legal right. person having duties, and it they can't okay. be determined in a statutory court, right? Correct. That never, so yeah. Okay. You can't raise that, right? And if you can't raise that. Way, I don't we don't it. hear that. Yeah. So,
1: okay. okay, so then you have to say, okay, judge, wait a minute, I want I want to have a uh, recess. Okay, because I'm going to go over next door and I'm going to file my petition in the superior court to this court and then I'm going to have that court order you to stop and I'm going to have that court turn it around to answer my question because now I'm the one with this status that, uh, that can question the authority of the cop because he didn't have the warrant.
0: Yes, because, viol- you know, in, in fact, he's violating my right and his mandatory duty to not do
1: that. He swore he right. would,
0: and now yeah. he's doing it. How do I stop you?
1: How do right. I stop him, Judge? I need help. Yes, and it's not going to happen in the court that he brought you to. Right. Well, th- that you know, That's so
0: Okay. Yeah. I think people will is-
1: start, you know,
0: as we go on, they start yeah. to understand that.
1: That makes perfect sense. Yeah. It should. And- yeah, and 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 uh, that's that. Uh, you got to realize that. So all all the vehicle codes and all the codes and all the statutes, because you're talking about statutory court. Let's talk right. about all those statutes. Well, we have to understand none of them apply, right? None of them apply. So well, so we know what applies for us would have to be the supreme law of the land. Okay, the Supreme Law, we go by, would be uh, uh, the Constitution here. It'd probably be the Magna Carta over there in England and and any other other freedom document. And most uh, countries have constitutions now that are divided up, separate the powers, because ours was the best first example and the one that's still valid, and it's good everywhere. And I think you can use our Constitution in any country. So, obviously, you, when you're in the court system, you have to go to a superior court, though. You have to go to a court that, that has the judicial power, and it's the court that you bring it to and put it in, because the court you, is actually the suit of the sovereign. Right? That's Yeah, so, it, so that's why we start our own court.
0: So, in effect, when you're saying that you could use, for example, you could use... Uh, American law in uh, Australian or an English court. You're saying that we're using international law, which is due process and a fair hearing. That's right. And that due that process evidence, and probable cause.
1: Uh huh.
0: Okay. Yeah. That that the evidence. Okay. When we when we bring the cause of action, that writ of amendments in common law, it becomes already uh, a request for an order of the court for an injunction. And, right. to, uh, and that we're putting in a, all that's required of us is similar to the traffic ticket, which is prima facie evidence that we're of more cost tax. than of the facts, right. And that uh, the judge then goes, well, I, you know, I can't, I can't decide from what I have, but I sure can decide that it looks like you're right.
1: Uh-huh. You've
0: got a good argument here, so let's yep. bring them in and find out what happened. That's the uh, right. alternative of mandate, order to show cost. They bring them yeah. in. Let's have so them bring, and then they bring the
1: evidence, correct? Right, and the, and the evidence will call facts. So let's okay. look at the facts. Okay, let's look at the facts of of of, of this uh, procedure. And so let's say we're going down the road, and and we're speeding, okay, and uh, we get pulled over, and uh, the a cop, he if he writes us up and sends us over to the court, right? And, and and the court says, okay, let's look at the facts. and then we all agree. We all agree to the facts, okay, because you're seeing the fact. Okay, right? Right so, the, so 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 there is no issue. We get there and there is no issue. So so there's no reason to go to court because there is no issue. Okay, so then when we go in there and we go, Well judge, there's no issue, everything the cops said is true. He says, okay, then I'm going to find you guilty. Okay, sounds good. Talk to you later. See hold you there it is. Uh, now. Uh, oh, uh, hold on a minute. Okay, hold on a minute. Now we've got a whole new game. whole new game right here, the judge says. You know what? Uh, I just had an idea. I think because of everything that just happened over the night before here, all this stuff that just happened, I think we should find you. I think you should pay us. Right? Really? Okay, why? Uh, yeah, why, Judge? Well, because the sky is blue. And, the, and and if you look outside and look at the trees, they all have no. green leaves.
0: Well, how about this? No, not because of that, but because, look, I got this piece of paper here that the legislature gave me, and it sets out the fees and fines, and we're calling it bail, and it tells me uh-huh. that I can't charge you any less When I find you guilty, then $135 for what just happened. So how do you want to pay that? Yeah, but wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. minute. You found me guilty. I told you the facts are true. I'm not guilty of anything. So you're trying to say facts make me guilty. I see you kind of little trying to put it together, but uh, there's no reason to put that together. I think you're just trying to find me because the sky is blue. So uh, right, so, well. so so you're going through okay, now then he's just gonna do it. But then then I say, Oh, well, then do it. Okay, and he never does it.
0: Oh well, hold on just, okay. oh, hold on. Let's let's take okay. this into the real world now. Okay.
2: So then okay. he does
0: it, he signs the order, and then he ah, puts in another Wait a minute. Oh yeah.
1: let's 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 do the real world deal. Okay, so here's what happens in the real world I uh, I'm sitting in the courtroom and the judge is there and the judge calls the cop to the stand and the cop this cop on the stand says blah 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 right but and 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 then the judge asks me if I have any questions and I say no questions so then the judge says okay I'm gonna find you guilty and the fine is $1200. Okay? Okay? And then I say, "Oh, are you finished?" And he says, "Yes." And okay. I say, "Okay." And I walk over to the uh over to this uh right there by where everyone's sitting where I left my hat cuz I had a hat and I don't want to wear the hat in court. So I grab my hat and as I'm walking out, the bailiff says to me, I'll have something for you to sign. Right. How about that? Well, what do you think that is? And I told him before we even got into what it is, I asked him point blank, are you going to make me sign it? Right. And he said... Well, that's up to you. And I said, see ya. And so we all walked out, down the hall, out of the courtroom. As my buddy says, come on, let's go, let's go. I said, no, I'm going to stand outside the courtroom, and I'm going to explain to everybody here, and there was a bunch of people that were there, and what I'm going to tell everybody is everything you saw in the courtroom, was a show. It was all drama, and nothing happened. Okay, and whoa! wait a minute, look, here comes the bailiff. So now he wants something to happen. Gee, I wonder what he wants. He says, you going to sign it? I said, no, not going to sign it, you sign it. He said he couldn't sign it. So he went back in. Oh, yeah. Well, hang on. He's going to be coming out again. So now he comes out again, and he tells me, I can sign it. I can sign it the way Fred signs it. Oh, and, you know, we all know how Fred signs under threat of duress, you know, and TDI or whatever. Which means, which means if you write a bunch of shit on there, you signed it. Right? Doesn't matter what you say. You signed it. So I told him, no, I'm not going to sign it that way. I'm not going to sign it anyway. So he went back in. Okay, well, he came back out a third time. And then my buddy Joe started talking to him. And he started talking to my buddy Joe. So I said, well, I guess I got to leave. So I left. All right. Now, that doesn't mean it's over. Okay? Because guess what? I did a letter. From the collection agency. That's right. Okay, so now they wanted me to pay pay fine, and they tell me that if I have a problem, call them. So I called them. I said, uh, Do "You have an order to collect." She said, "Yeah, it's at the at the at the at the court." I said, no, I just came from the court. I was just there. There's no order to collect. Okay, well, okay, well, do do you have any idea what that order to collect would be? Well, let me tell you what it is. Remember when the bailiff kept coming out, hadn't he me to sign something? Well, if you read what he said, that was an order to the sheriff to execute what happened in the courtroom. So that means he wanted me to sign what the judge was supposed to sign. Why didn't the judge sign it? Why are trying to get me to sign it? Because that's how they do it. Okay, so I said, no, I'm not signing it. Now the judge signed it, you sign it, someone else signed it. Okay, so it never got signed. So now, they, now they're now trying to collect on me. And then, then they said, I said, it's not there. They said, well, we'll go check. And so here's a part of their game. Okay, did they go check? Of course they didn't. And then two weeks later, they said they didn't hear from me, and then I owe the money. So now what am I going to do? See, they, they, they didn't produce the, uh, the judgment. They didn't produce anything that said I owed the order of the court, but they just went as if the judge did it. Okay, so then, then that hit me. Then I realized, oh, I have to write the order. So you know what order I wrote? I wrote stop. and told them that, that they're ordered to stop collecting. Okay, and if they and if they collect without an order to collect, that's a that's a misdemeanor, and they can be sued under the code. So, well, that's one talking. way
0: to yeah, that's one way to skin the cat, and I, I believe that after that, you never got another bill. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Right. Never heard someone. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, a similar but different re- real world real world scenario is where that the court finds me guilty in absentia of the traffic okay. ticket, and okay. then uh, there is a court order signed by the judge that says I owe this money. Doesn't say, uh, oh. it says I owe it to the Butte County Superior Court. The Butte County Superior Court transfers that to the collection agency of the Butte County Superior Court. That collection agency sends me five or six notices. I told them to pound sand and prove that I owed the debt and show me the order. And they never did. They said, we don't have to. And then I said, fine. Well, if you don't have to, I don't have to. So I ignored it. Then, uh, five years later, I get a job and I find out that they sent that to their big brother collection agency called California state franchise tax board. California Uh State franchise tax board started seizing my wages.
1: And ah. that
0: debt, and so I sued the franchise tax board and today yeah. hey, uh these people you are are stealing money out of my check uh you you can't do that and because uh, that judgment's void i i was found guilty in absentia blah 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 this is typical my wrong typical patriot move right but i but i did uh, i didn't understand the real reason that they can't do it. Is the order's no good without probable cause where they didn't have a warrant? Correct. To seize my property under the Fourth Amendment. So I made a wrong argument, and it's very easy to do. Uh huh. And we didn't right. determine, but what we determined from that was twofold argument that we could make. That uh, when they're taking it, and they came into court and said that the state statute says that not only are, do we uh, have the right to do it, but the statute law says that we have a duty to do it. And they uh-huh. say, well, look at that. Okay, they got a duty to do it, and and you haven't put up a, a, a proper defense against that. So uh, uh, they win. Case dismissed yeah. on the on yeah. the uh, Then that's where we figured it out, right? We have to go. You know, people need to understand. We didn't just you know dream this stuff up. This is from right. our experience of having done this time and time and time and time yeah. again in discerning what the answer is from the courts in order that they're the ones who told us how to do it and Uh they're the ones who've led us down the path and said, look, there really is only one way to get to the merits. Yes. That's by you have to get the right person who has the duty Uh and bring them into court and have them explain to the court how they didn't violate their duty.
1: Yeah, and the jurisdiction there is uh, the protection of rights and violation of duty and protection of right. So with protection of rights is different than law. It's a special jurisdiction to protect rights. Yes, that's and that's a common right. law. That's
0: always by not an action at law, but a special proceeding. Correct. A special proceeding, as, as people will say, well, you know, when we're coming in, we're coming in as the uh, petitioner, and we're uh, praying that the court would uh, do, us, do us this solid and uh, rule in our favor, as if the court had some, some kind of uh, judicial discretion. But people need okay. to understand that when you're, looking yeah. at the, uh, when you're looking at the maxims of law that operate that court, there really is no discretion. When the facts are truly stated, yes, the writ must
1: issue. Okay, now let's get back where I was on that uh, story about how uh, if we're speeding and we're guilty of speeding and there is no issue of fact, and that is the fact, then and we, we just put that court on hold for a second, okay, because everything's true that the cop said, right? True. And, that, and now they're going to fine us for that because uh, we went into a little of that. But now let's flip it over here. And take our situation and say that, well, we were stopped without a warrant, okay Uh-oh. now is that true yeah that fact true if that fact is true, then that overrides anything that they did to us, so even though we're guilty, and we're, our facts are true that he said we did, and we are guilty, if he is guilty of no warrant, then that him being guilty. It makes everything we did go away, even though we're guilty. See, that's a very important deal because the facts are the facts, and all the facts are true. So if if you robbed the bank or you did something, then they still can't use that against you if they got that evidence without that warrant. So everything becomes uh, suppressed Uh, if that warrant is not valid. So it's suppressed, and you get away with the crime, so to speak. If you did it, so to speak. Right. right. So that's the other thing that is. That, that's the weight of it. So even though all the facts are true on both sides, and you committed a quasi-crime, because it's a quasi-crime, not a crime, because right. there is no probable cause, because there was no warrant, so then the, everything they did becomes fruit of the poison tree, and they can't use it. Well, and it shows right. no jurisdiction then no, and because that, that's the subject matter jurisdiction is the probable cause
0: right well when we when we look at when we're starting to go back and look at this unwritten law, which is the law of of the judge's decisions at
1: no it's also um, yeah go ahead
0: you, you you can explain that better now well, well.
1: okay the unwritten law is crimes. Okay. Well, real, we got... real crimes, real crimes, as opposed to uh, prohibited crimes. You right, have to well, understand we're... the two crimes: that prohibited and the real, insane okay. and prohibited. Okay. So we're always talking about prohi- uh, real crimes when we say common law.
0: Well, a couple of the maxims that that apply to that circumstance and okay. why it is that the other side can't can't proceed with their Action at law under the statute against you when you've determined that they, in fact, have committed a crime to say that you committed a crime, right? Uh, comes comes from, from some very fundamental uh, 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 decisions. One is that no one can take advantage of his own wrong, uh
1: huh.
0: Okay, so they can't do that. Now, when I say can't, of course, let's be flexible, they do do it. But when I say can't, I mean, you have to bring them in, and then the judge says they can't because of this fact that no one can take advantage of his own wrong, and that crime vitiates all things proceeding from it. Right. So, so we're not in a criminal court at the uh, civil action, although the actions of the duties uh, where the uh, public official has violated his duties may very well yeah. and probably are criminal acts
2: uh-huh. because they violated right. somebody
0: else's rights. When you violate someone else's right. rights, that can be criminal and you know uh, that's that but that, that, that's not what we're deciding in this court we're right. right? taking right, them right. there to determine their criminal acts we're taking them no. there to to determine our rights
1: no and to determine that their violation of their duty
0: yes that and when they violated their duty, yep. then they are subject to the criminal liability of that's that right. But, but we're that's not prosecuting right. that, even though we are the prosecutor in our case.
1: Correct. Yeah?
0: Because,
1: yeah. because the writ only goes for damages, not uh, punishment.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's not punitive.
1: Right. Yes,
0: but, okay, and there are other ways to then, if you want to, pursue it further. You've got a final judgment determining the rights and duties of the parties that's unappealable. You
1: could file a criminal say, charge.
0: Heck, yeah, that seems like some pretty strong evidence to me. The Court uh-huh. has already ruled that they violated their duty. now the, the, then the common law says where they've, uh, you know that when particular people violate, particular persons violate their duty, that's criminal. Uh, you know what is extortion under the, under the, under
1: the uh, common law know, It can also court. be a
0: tort It
1: can and it is. Ours is a tort. Yeah right, because you've got to remember that the reason it's not criminal is because these guys that are doing it. We have a relationship with them, and they're they're gonna keep they're gonna protect our rights. See, they they're out to protect our rights. They said they would, so we have a relationship. We're in a trust with them. That's what the Constitution is. It's a trust, and so they take the oath to uphold it. They're gonna protect our rights. They're gonna enforce uh, the law and and follow their duty, right? Okay, so then we can hold them to their duty. Just like, well,
0: you know, and who wants, I, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that people and I wouldn't suggest, okay, uh, you know, our basic operation, people to understand that a fundamental understanding of what we have is that the court will do it right when you properly put it before the right court. The same judge that hears all of these statutory cases all day long. Is the same judge that's going to determine at common law that we're right and we're entitled to the relief that we're requesting. So it's not a really a matter that these people in that context are criminals or are uh, corrupt. The system may be corrupted and maybe the execution of it is corrupted. Nevertheless, it's the same judge. When you get a proper, re- when you get that relationship between you and them proper, it, then you'll get the proper result. It's yeah. still the law. They follow the law. They're not making this stuff up as they go under the statutes. They follow the statutes. Now they make a lot of mistakes, and I'm not saying that they don't screw things up on purpose because they do. And there are a lot yes. of bad judges, and there's a lot of bad cops. But yes, the cops saying, are Right cops are ignorant that they're the sacrificial uh, uh, part of the
1: system. They don't know right. this. And that's why the judge does what he does if we attack the judge, because we shouldn't be attacking the judge.
0: Most of the time.
1: Most of the yes. time. Exactly. I'm going to yeah. say
0: 99% of the time that's it's right. not the judge. It's it's the public official who's acting in the in the capacity who, who. of. Yeah.
1: The, the one that brought you to the judge.
0: That's the guy, the one you know, yeah. like you know let's let's talk a little bit about somebody that that's in in one of the uh in one of our other countries that could have a similar effect All right, uh, an individual that, that I know was uh was out walking around there was a protest, and he got involved in this protest, and then that's these nice. people started the the public officials there uh, that started to uh, these are the cops. I yeah. uh, started telling him what to do, this, that and the other thing, ordering him around. He's like, well, you know, he started asking a bunch of uh, questions of the cop, you know, do you have an oath? Do you have this? Do you have that? Basically
2: yeah.
0: uh, challenging their authority
1: and, okay.
0: uh, and they didn't answer. And then one finally did answer and said, yeah, I have, a, I I do have an oath. And uh, you know, they got in a little bit of uh, discussion about it and okay. then he says, all right, well then I'm going to leave. They told him to leave, and he says, well, fine, I'm just going to go ahead and leave, starts backing up, and, uh, and they attack him and arrest him and say he was disturbing the peace.
1: Okay. All right,
0: so now he's gone to jail, he's been, and he didn't, he didn't give him his name. He didn't do anything, but when okay. uh, he, he just said, I don't consent, you know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not consenting to any of this. I'm not telling my name or anything because I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. And, and uh, then they convicted him on that.
1: They figured well, out married. who
0: he was, yeah. It somehow, yeah. They gave him that. They put him in court, you know. But they convicted him in absentia.
1: He tried okay. a lot,
0: so he never got to notice that they put it in court. Okay. Now he's convicted. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. So, so what does what does somebody like that do in that
1: situation? I mean, you know, it's a done deal. Right. Remember, we, we we would think about what we would do next time, and then we would end up doing a Michael James, which we just went over, because right. that's what he should have done, regardless of well, who he, he is. Couldn't
0: have, he couldn't, because they, he never got the notice, so they had the court in absentia. Uh,
1: well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You told me that he got arrested. He did. Okay, then how'd he get out? Uh, I, I I don't know, but I think they okay. released him. They released him. Uh, uh, so right, yeah. The,
0: yeah, that's that's or that's cite and release. Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. So okay. the first well, step,
0: yes, is to is to ask for the magistrate. I agree. If
1: you're arrested, yeah. Okay. Now let's say that it was a site and release. Now usually uh, they give you a date right there when they cite you. Okay. Okay, so you, so then, if they didn't get a date, then so how did he? How do we know he got the date to, to uh, when to appear? That would mm-hmm. have to serve that on you. See, okay, but there's all these different ways Yeah, like us, they
0: just say that. Well, you were given the citation, okay, and you signed it or whatever.
1: But, he never signed our, it. Our citations say that you're ordered to appear on on, uh, you know, this honor before January 30th. Okay, they hold on. give you about this 20 days, and they yeah. give you a date, and, and when they say that you could appear, so you can appear at any time.
0: But if it's a misdemeanor, they don't do that. Huh? If it's a misdemeanor, they give you a court date to appear, right? Okay,
1: maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You have to they get a court date <laughs> if you've been arrested. Okay. Now, okay, so we don't know the details, and it's okay, whatever the detail is, he didn't go, he didn't know, he, let's say that he, he, he went and got found guilty, okay, and you said he was guilty in The point here is, is that the, the guilty is on the books. Yes, okay. Now, if the guilty is on the books, whether it's uh, right or wrong, it's presumed correct. Yeah, so now, so that's the burden of us to, uh, uh, we have to address that. So when when we do our, we have to go to a writ because we know the writ's the remedy. And why do we know the writ's the remedy? Because in the writ, it says that we have no other remedy at all. So when you don't have a remedy, which is always the case, people got to realize, I, for use can say, no, we should do it this way. We should do it. We didn't do it right. You didn't say this way. You didn't make it capital letters. You didn't make it small letters. You got the middle phrase like All these reasons. No. No. Right. There right. Is no. There is no remedy, which is the good thing. Oh, good. If there's no remedy, now we got the remedy. So that's where we're at with this guy. Well, what do we do? It's too late. It's too late. It's too early. We can't We can't go anywhere. Great. That means we can do the writ. Now we can do the writ because we have no remedy. So when we do the writ, one of the things we have to get through is that judgment that is there that's false. And so then we put that in and we have the judge declare it's void. (laughs) There you go. So we've got to get it void. So that we put in for a void judgment. We put in a declaratory relief so that the judge will declare that it was void. And declare that they did not do their duty.
0: Right, we do that, we would do that, uh, but right. that's not the first cause of action. The first cause of action is the arrest. The, the reason it's void is because the arrest was unlawful,
1: correct? That's right.
0: Okay, so there's our first, because we have issues, like you said in the very beginning. We have right. issues that need to be determined it, in the court, and they're it, very
1: specific and issues. And wait a minute, then those issues that we are going to agree on, the issue is that, that we were arrested without a warrant. A valid warrant. Now, that's valid, right. the word valid means a warrant that contains probable cause. Because this is the probable cause jurisdiction, so we can't get in there unless the warrant has the probable cause in it. Well, so we called a, valid card,
0: a warrant that has that contains the lawful judicial power of the court to make that order. And that's based on a lot of different factors, one of which is all the probable cause and the facts that are contained in it. Well, that's uh, the
1: only one I know of.
0: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Now, that's just so I want people to know, there's warrants, but then there's warrants that are lawful and warrants that aren't lawful.
1: Right. But we and have a, one that's a warrant no
0: warrant. Yeah. Where there's no right. warrant on its face, it's presumed unlawful. To be arrest because there is a no right.
1: warrant. Right. Right. And and, and, we, and you may have to get into lawful arrest warrant or a lawful seizure warrant because it's really a search and seizure, and then right. an arrest is a seizure. So there are searches and seizures, but there's there's a bunch of other different kinds of warrants, too. So we have to know this, that generally it's a search warrant or an arrest warrant. You have to have an arrest warrant to arrest you. If you're arrested without the warrant, now we have that issue that they will agree to it. When we make them agree that they arrested without a valid warrant, then everything else goes away. Well, that's
0: where then we have the court declare because that happened yeah. and the cop can't the cop can't then bring you to court and and, and get in there and, make, and get a judgment against you then the, any judgment that was made is as you said the fruit of the poisonous tree and therefore the court can declare that that void. was void yeah. any fines and fees that you were charged or that you paid were void and uh-huh. you can sue for those damages as well as the damages that you got
1: for you know you got was, injured is was void because the court lacked subject matter jurisdiction from the beginning because they didn't have a warrant to put us into the warrant jurisdiction.
0: Right. And this is very typical. Then yeah. whether it's overseas on a traffic violation or whether it's overseas on an on a actual arrest for a complaint on a misdemeanor uh, disturbing right. the peace, which, which is what they said they charged him with, but then they charged him with something else, the original fine was only for $50. Now, the court's jacked it up for a non-appearance to call it $3,000 and is
1: That's saying right. that, uh,
0: right. you know, they, uh, that you owe all this extra money because you didn't
1: pay the fees. So. Yep. Well, now, yeah, the only, how are you going to cover all this stuff? You need the, the move. Right? You, well, you need the court to declare yeah. it. Yes. And that,
0: okay, and to point out, people, you know, when we were talking about uh, declaring the rights and duties of the party, that declaration – It was a final determination of those facts, but it doesn't by itself do anything. It's, it's a neutral statement of the of the declaration. You then have to be able to move that.
1: to Get that
0: to do something about it. Yeah. And that's what you're, that's what you, you know, it's one step before the step of damages. Okay. We've, we've, we've determined with a final judgment. That the that the the individual called the, the public official didn't do his job right. Now, and,
1: well, duty. Yep. <laughs> and,
0: and we and we sustained damages as a result of that.
1: And well, we there you go. Pay,
0: We had to pay somebody to help us write this writ, and so we're entitled to those costs. And we're, no, entitled we're the, also
1: entitled to the damages. That you you're explained. entitled to
0: the damages for your rights. They're irreparable. You yeah. can't give me the time back I spent in jail. You can't that's undo right. all the pain I suffered when they dislocated my shoulder and five guys attacked me and assault and battery and all the other things that happened. You know, that's all criminal. Nevertheless, we're, we're doing the tort for those violations because it happened. They're facts. And we're entitled to the relief. That's the writ. The writ says you are entitled to the relief. That's right. And you, wherever there's been wherever there's been uh, a damage, there has to be a remedy.
1: That's right. You know, and and, and and that's legislatively and judicially. And legislatively, yes. they have a civil rights action that the legislation put together or you have the common law writ, which is the judicial power.
0: Right? Well, you know, this is not open to uh, uh, liberal interpretation. This cause of action, I want to call it cause of action, this special proceeding has
1: very specific rules, and
0: that's why it has to be perfectly done.
1: Yeah, it's common law. You have to cross your eyes, dot your eyes and cross your teeth because you have to say what you need. Whereas in the other courts, the lawyers don't know anything. They make a deal. They talk to the judge. How do we do this? How do we do that? Should we do that? Okay, well, whatever. What's the deal? Well, we pleaded this and pay that and do this and do that. Okay. So they never really do any law. They're always like and deal. Well,
0: we've got a lot of great maxims that that state things that are very clear and easy to understand. Um, Let me just rattle off a couple of them here. Uh, That which is bad from the beginning does not improve by length of time. Uh, When anything is prohibited, Everything relating to it is prohibited. There's your statement under the fruit of the poisonous tree. Yes. Uh, When anything is prohibited directly, it is also prohibited indirectly. Yes. Things derogating from the common law are to be strictly interpreted. Yes. A personal connection equals in law a man's own proper interest. This is your beneficial interest requirement. And it's stated right there, that when you have a personal connection in law, at common law, that equals your own proper interest. There's your standing. A thing certain must be brought to justice. A maxim is so-called because its dignity is chiefest and its authority the most certain and because universally approved by all. Maxims are not open to uh, uh, interpretation again. They're settled. They're called what's called well settled. Okay? Uh, uh, where the law gives a right, it gives a remedy to recover. Uh, the law assists the ignorant. That's kind of an interesting one. But when the law commands a, a man to show cause, it is incumbent that the cause be just and legal. And uh, where a common remedy ceases, their recourse must be had to an extraordinary one.
1: Uh, there
0: you go. The writs yeah, the are themselves considered an extraordinary remedy.
1: That's right. What
0: else, what else do they call them there? Uh, um, not just uh, their prerogative.
1: Yeah. It's okay. prerogative. Prerogative. Okay. An,
0: affirmative statute, an affirmative statute does not take from the common law. Common law is supreme because it's yeah. rights and duties. Uh, they can't statutize your rights away. They can't statutize uh, things so that it would subvert your rights. Because of course, you don't right have to do him. his duty. Uh-huh. He does. And no one can take advantage of his own wrong, as I said earlier. It just yeah. goes on and on and on, my friends. This, this, when you, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of finished decisions, maxims of law, that clearly describe what is to be applied in the circumstance presented with your facts and your uh, special proceeding so that the court can clearly make the ruling. And, and, it, and all of this, when you bring it up, is, is uh, by prima facie. If you've got a, you know, what appears to be a good, good uh, set of facts that the court should look at it and call them in and answer, they'll do it.
1: If you're in a judicial jurisdiction, a lot of times if you're in a legislative (laughs) jurisdiction, then they they use procedural moves to not do it. Yes, yes,
0: yes, that's what I mean. At common law, when we've Uh got the the judicial power of the court to order the other side to do something, and they are required to be ordered to do it because you have a right to have it done, then that's how it'll go. But it yep. must be done properly, and you know, and like on the lawful rebellion site and other sites that I've seen, uh, they're talking about uh, Article 61 of uh, the uh, Magna Carta and the barons and all these transferring your rights. The queen's no longer lawful authority. Well, you, you know, I kind of I, I look at that, and I don't mean to disparage anyone, or there, you know, there's a lot of people have the right, are on the right path because they know something's wrong, but they don't know what to do about it. So they look at that and say, yeah, well, it looks like we don't have a lawful government anymore, Uh, that the courts are out of control. And the queen has signed this agreement with France to give up, (laughs) give up our rights and sovereignty to the EU. Well, she can't do it. That's right. She can't do that anymore. And it's just, it's all uh, smoke and mirrors. Mm It's, you know, people, and they're just continuing to do it because nobody is coming in and saying, to the people that are actually doing the harm, that they need to stop and be stopped. And, and it's be, also got to be yeah, oh,
1: it's you know, gonna I, be more specific.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It, it's, yes. That's how we're going to bring it back, because
1: it's actually a person who did it. And did what? And he, because you yeah. can't say a person violated your right. That's like that's trying to hold everybody to uh, their oath. Right. What, what do you mean an oath? No, how about hold them to their duty, not the oath. To their duty and the same with I haven't, I haven't looked over 61 but I'm sure it's too broad and vague we need to get them to their yeah, duty so the people have a right
0: to a lawful rebellion well this and is rebellion. Well, we not want to we don't mean, want to no. rebel no we want, we want to have the law enforced yeah. there and it's already there it's already yeah. there it exists it's there right now we don't need, and we we don't just, need to change it. Down.
1: and they can't give it away the representatives right. can't give it away. That's the thing about the common law. When you really get the common law, you, it can't, it's, it's, it's us. And we're yeah. the ones that are good. When we take it to court, we're the, the chief prosecutor or the, the, the chief justice because well, yeah. we move the court.
0: This is true. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a king in your castle at your home – and the king of the land cannot enter into it, you know, there's a maxim that says that something, I, I can't quote it off the top of my head, but it says that, that the wind may blow and the rain may pass through, uh, that, that, but that king of the land can't do it and cross the threshold of your home, as, as no matter how pitiful of a home it is. If it's got holes in the roof and, and it's thatched and the, uh, all the weather can come through, but the king can't cross the threshold because right. that you're the king. Now, yeah, you know, yeah. and then there's a lot to be understood about that. I, I wouldn't pretend to explain it. You could, but you know, as far as sovereignty is concerned, the sovereignty really? of the people. Yeah, can talk about that for a second. What does that okay. mean so, that I'm a, a sovereign so- of my uh, without subjects here in America, for example?
1: Okay, for example, what that means is is that first of all, the sovereign sovereign. There's only one sovereign. Okay, and that's God is sovereign. And if Amen. you're going to go to the uh, secular, then, then the government, the United States is the sovereign. Okay, it's the government and it's the sovereign and, and it's the sovereign. Now, we as citizens of the United States, we can go exercise that sovereignty. Now, not us being sovereign, we're using the sovereignty of the the government, okay? Now, what is our government? We have a government. It's called the Constitution. It's divided into three separate powers. And and, uh, Lincoln told us that it's a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Now, if we're the government, if the people are the government, then what's our role? Okay, our rule is to exercise that sovereignty. Now, where would we do that? Well, how about in the one Supreme Court? That would be the Article 3. So Article 3, judicial power, that is available to each one of us to use because the courts have to be open. So this would be like they let you vote. You have to have to be able to vote, vote, vote while voting is the legislative way to exercise your sovereignty, but we're judicial power, so we exercise it in the court. So that power is in the court. Now let's see where that power is and what that judicial power is, because uh, we set up our government as a uh, republican form. That means that they represent us. So the Article Three and the judges in there would be representing each of us when we go into that exercise, that judicial power, and we could exercise our sovereignty in the judicial power. Now, in 1871 or two, 1871, uh, things changed in America because the, uh, the federal government uh, took away the state's rights. They, all the rights of the states Uh, became uh, taken away. So the uh, government, uh, the United States said that uh, those persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to that jurisdiction, the United States jurisdiction, then they're citizens of the state and the United States, which is like dual jurisdiction. Okay. Uh And then it says that, so then they said, that no state shall deprive any citizen of theirs the due process of law. So the federal government, which has really didn't have any sovereignty except the ultimate sovereignty over all the individual sovereign states, okay, so the states were sovereign, the government itself, the U.S. was sovereign as, you know, as, for everything outside each state. But then the United States said that all these 50 states now don't have sovereignty anymore. So the question is, where did that sovereignty go? So most people would assume and presume the federal government took it, but they can't. The federal government can't take it, so it left it hanging out there. And it's still hanging out there. And then you and I went and said, hey, I think that's ours. So we go and re-execute, and then we say, oh, we can exercise this sovereignty power because let's just pretend like each one of us is a separate nation. Okay? And, and, and we're, not, we're a separate nation as a state citizen. Now, the states lost all their rights, so we take them. So anytime we got, now we've got the sovereignty, so anytime one of these uh, uh, agents uh, don't do their duty, then we have the power to hold them to their duty. Breach of duty. We can sue them for breach of duty by using the common law process with a mandamus, make them follow the law. I'm going to make them follow the law through the judicial power of the United States because all the states don't have their sovereignty anymore, don't have the power, so it moved to me. So I'm going to do it, and I can do it as a separate nation sitting, you know, 200 miles out at sea, off the coast here. I just motorboat in and then file in the court here in California. And so anyone can motorboat into any land, into any court, and go put in a a, a common law writ of mandamus if one of those agents there of of any government violates their right or they breach their own duty, and violates the individual's right because we're all individual sovereign nations, but we exercise the sovereignty of our government, which is the United States Constitution. And I say anyone can use that. But if you have a country that says that that you're entitled to due process, and that the uh, agents are required to have a warrant that 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 has a probable cause in it. Well, then that's a judicial concept. And if your country has that, then that's your law right there, and latch on to it. And if you can't latch on to the, they don't have one there. They use our Fourth Amendment because it's the same concept: breach of duty, rights, individual sovereign. Individual uh, judicial power, and you can work it as as, as it's not we're, that we're sovereign, it's just that we're exercising sovereignty power from the United States government, or whichever government has that uh, power to make the agents follow the law, right that's judicial that's power by main.
0: So when we when we're exercising it here in California, uh-huh. uh, we're 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 doing it as a uh, as a citizen of California. That's of my that's, yeah yeah I'm I'm Califor I, I I say I am a California citizen. I'm beneficially interested,
1: and I have another yeah. remedy at law. There's my writ. Basically because we because we know that that Fourteenth Amendment, it really didn't it didn't do what they said it did because they can't do that, but they did it. So that's where it's flexible. Say we have to go along with it because that's the way they see it. If they want to see it that way, then we'll play the role this way.
0: Right. Well, I did, I did use the, you know, I didn't call out the 14th amendment, but I did use the fourth amendment and the, uh, same, the same, uh, Right here in California, which is Article 7A, uh, the right not to be arrested without a warrant based on right. probable cause, so they're the same. And if I was in England or Australia or, or uh, any of those, you know, any of those they have, places, they, they have they the same time. Have it. it's, okay. it's exactly the same. Okay. It, even if it comes from the Magna Carta, the Magna Carta has never been overturned. Yes. yes. This is law. This is law. So that's right. That that right is there, and uh, yeah, and and you know the, the other thing is is that really you just claim it.
1: That's right. It's that's we're
0: claiming we're claiming our God-given right. Everyone yeah. has the, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and ownership of property. The property we're talking about is our right.
1: Yeah, and that right is
0: that, is that they, they have to have a warrant. Um, and not yeah, and, and, that, they have
1: and a that's a matter of fact.
0: Yes, so whether they got a warrant or, or not, yeah, right, right. Okay. So, so that citizenship under the crown uh, is is just that.
1: Uh-huh. Uh
0: huh. You know, uh-huh. we're not claiming our citizenship under the frickin' barons.
1: Come on, no, but here's but, but here's and, and we also got to realize that word citizen when we de- when we define it as subject. Uh huh. Subject. So that means that we're we're subjects of California. So we're entitled to the due process. Yes. And isn't that the
0: same as the Crown subject?
1: Uh huh. Because the crown subject, yes, mm-hmm.
0: has to give her subjects due process.
1: Yeah.
0: We had this star chamber nonsense for a while, but that's why it was overturned.
1: Exactly. Because it's illegal.
0: And, uh-huh. and, and, you know, how did that get done? Enough people came and started putting it in the writs. Yes. Look it up. Look it yeah. up. I mean, you know yeah. that this didn't happen from the top down. People that get power, they don't they don't relinquish it like that.
1: That's it right. Take
0: it takes the people to start moving things in this direction. If you want to talk, we're not talking about a. If you want to talk about a peaceful rebellion, okay, let's do the lawful, peaceful,
1: yeah. and that's
0: exercise why of our sovereignty. That's, that's, that's why the take like, yes.
1: people. Yes, that's and that's why the same uh lawyers.
0: Yes, 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 and it's not rebellion, like you no. said. We don't want to rebel against what already works.
1: No, we want to follow the law, and we want to make them follow the law. And if they want to do anything, us, they've got to have a warrant. And they never right. do it. Right. They never do it. And so we need to really kiss. But remember, this is obvious stuff to everybody. It's obvious. But the key is, how do you do it? And you've got to realize that the lawyers are the ones twisting it all up because you have to have knowledge of the law, like we think lawyers have, but we can't think like lawyers because they think statutorily. And they, think, uh, they don't think uh, by rights or judicially. No, no. They're, 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 and they try yeah. to
0: make everything vague and ambiguous, yeah. so exactly. to
1: open to interpretation purpose, and debate. Their purpose was to keep everything going so they get their lawyers feet.
0: Right well, the look whole What is uh, what Jesus said, right? You know the law and you know but you won't touch it and you won't let anybody yeah. else use it either.
1: There it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah exactly. Right. We're not lawyers. Right. <laughs> but that's why but but they stopped everybody and no one figured it out because no one's been teaching this stuff. And right. you know, right. unfortunately when we started, you know, the Roger Elbeck who came out from uh North Dakota at the time he was on to this uh, common law, but he really didn't understand it. And unfortunately, when he tried to think it was going to work like we do in the beginning, and it doesn't work, well, that's when he decided to go with uh, the, uh, the ticket's some kind of a uh, uh, UCC instrument, and we'll put this twist on it, and we'll go on it as if it's this. And we can look at it like it's a, some other uh, deal that's a total bullshit, but kind of makes sense. And so right. that's when we got into all the other crap, and it's still going on today, because no everyone's saying the same thing, and everyone's getting a few steps and a few steps, and then they get hammered, they lose everything, so they quit. Right, right, that didn't right. get through to where
0: we're at yeah let's, let's slow back, let's slow back a little bit and get, and kind of go back where we started. you know you mentioned Roger Elvick, a lot of people probably don't know who that is, but uh I just wanted to let people know that you know as far as name name dropping goes uh of anybody that I've ever known, there's nobody who knows more of these people who've been doing this process uh personally than anybody else I mean literally personally knows works with, worked with or has dealt with uh, uh, all of the who's who of anybody in the so-called Patriot movement in America. And uh, I couldn't even begin to rattle off all the names. But uh, just for for people to know, in 35 years when you're doing this full time and
1: it basically occupies
0: your whole life, which it does for us, this is what we do full time.
1: Yeah. And Uh, you got to remember, i got to really show this in because the advantage I had was my parents are doing it too and we are running a classified ads paper, and my mom's writing all these letters. Now, this is before the computer. So we're writing letters to people across the country and talking to them, and we're starting groups, and, you know, people are communicating by phone and letters, and right. and we're meeting all these people, and, and, and we're hearing their stories. And uh, there's just a lot of people that, you know, that got involved and heard it, and then they disappear, we disappear, you know, and they... The communications, I mean, we left Adelie Town where we were. We closed down the the, the new ad, classified ad paper because you don't really want to mix this stuff with your business because it'll right. ruin it. Any kind of politics will ruin your business. So you've got to understand that. And I don't know if I mentioned it. You've got to be, uh, before you start this stuff, you better be judgment-proof. That means hide your stuff, put in another name, whatever it takes, and you you figure out processes to do that and what, how to do that. You know, we had to look into that, and I figured out how to do it without filing, uh, you know, a lot of stuff and just do it right. in fact, what I call. So, so, well, yeah, that's the benefit of somebody
0: like yourself, and certainly it's been the blessing for me. Uh, you know, as as uh, as a full-time student, I'm learning it. You know, uh, for anybody wonders, if it, if it sounds like I know what I'm talking about, it's only because Zeke knows what he's talking about. I learned it. I learned it the hard way. There's been a lot of screaming and crying over it, and, uh, you know, that's him screaming and me crying. So <laughs> it takes no. a lot of patience, and you yeah. really have to uh, – I know that – see, I started I, – as I started to tell you today, that I really started just – just before probably maybe a couple of years before the twin towers back in 98, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that's when it all started to open up to me in my mind that everything that's going on is, is controlled. It's all part of a controlled society. And there's a whole, there's a whole system going on here. And then when you start to look at uh, you want, you know, you watch two towers fall in their own footprint and all the media telling you, yeah, yeah that's normal. Uh, come on. No, that's, that really gave me a, a, a really opened my eyes to the fact that there's a lot more going on here. And I just kept going and going and going and, until I met you, you know, and I met you yeah. through another guy. We've had, we have uh, Angela Stark who has her own talk shoe, uh, yeah. um, which is on Thursday night at six o'clock and it's called my private audio on talk shoe. She's had hundreds. She's been doing, I think this is her eighth year and she does one yeah. show a week and she's had hundreds upon hundreds of people come on there and talk about all the different things you could possibly think of with respect to this, to this concern, legal yeah. concerns. And mostly they talk a lot about taxes. She loves to talk about that in the IRS, so there's a lot of discussion about people coming up with solutions for that. But, you know, without getting, getting into it now, Zeke has the solution to that. and knows the answer to it. That's mm-hmm. what I use. I don't bother with anything else and never have a problem. So, you know, as far as foreclosures go, uh, we've got the answer to that. We know what to do about that. It's, yep. it's pretty cut and dry, and it's all, it all dovetails right in to the understanding that we're trying to give people right now. And that uh, foreclosure business goes all around the world. So, yes. you know, this is a worldwide movement, and people are, you know, about, you know, when we're talking about paper money and uh, a fiat currency and all this that's coming on down the path, People really need to be prepared, and this is a way to understand how to do that, to, to get your understanding ahead of the game, to be well prepared. You know, our Lord tells us to do that, and, and we, we, uh, we place our faith there. We place our faith in, in God. We place our faith in our things that, that we know that we've been taught. We believe that this is how he's been teaching us to do it, and uh, we have a certain responsibility to kind of pass it on to people as long as long uh, along with the good news Nevertheless, you know, uh, people need to keep in mind we work full time on this. You know, we have families to feed too. So whenever somebody says, "Oh, well, give me a copy of your writ and show me how you did this, show me how you do that," uh, okay, well, all right. Uh, did you work for your house and your car? Why don't you just give me that? You know, okay. there needs to be some some kind of if this we we owe people an understanding maybe, but uh, we don't owe them all our work. So it, we're, we're available for people if they want help. We do help people. We don't always uh-huh. charge them. But, but uh, you know, the most successful people that we deal with are the ones who come in, uh, like I did with you, with the understanding, which is a couple of things. One, it's my problem. Yeah. That's what I told you. I said, hey, look, I understand. I have a problem. I got arrested. It's my problem. I don't expect you to solve it. I don't expect you to do any of it. I just need you to teach me how to fix it. And that's yeah. what we worked on. And then I said, I got this much money, and that's how much I can pay you. Um, can you help me? And you did. And that's how, mm-hmm. that's how this all started. And if, if people want our help, we're always open to it. Uh, we're available. You know, he, Zeke is available to do cinema, seminars. And uh, you get a group of people together, 10 or 15 people, put some money together, and they'll come and meet with you and stay a couple three days and explain the whole thing, answer all your questions, put it together mm-hmm. so that it's clear to get rid of all of the Patriot nonsense that you've been taught about. You got a capital letter name and that's how you got to change your status and change your name and come on. It's not about that because it's not about you. It's about what someone's doing to you and yeah. how to make them stop. So, yeah. you know, we've been going and rattling and on here for a couple hours. Zeke, uh, yeah. uh, anybody that wants to can get in contact with us uh, by email at uh, judicialpowerhour at gmail.com or you can contact uh, Zeke directly at, through his website powerpolitics.com and uh, anybody that wants to support us that has, uh, that's doing better than we are we could certainly use the support uh, he's got a PayPal button on there you can donate and uh, feel free to give us a call and we'll see if we can help you out
1: there you go great so,
0: that was a good show yeah. And uh, yeah. everybody, God bless you, and we'll talk to you again when we put the next show on. Send us your emails uh, at judicialpowerhour.com, and I'll put you on the list. And we're going to try to do this on a more regular basis, and we're also going to try to put together more, uh, a more sophisticated way to discuss these things uh, face-to-face with people online. So we hope you All have right. a blessed day. Cheers.
1: Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye.
2: plus.